Number 101, folks, the new era has arrived. What's going on, ladies? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. And I'm here to bring you incredible stories from business women all over the world so your business journey can be inspired by them. I've got a great story to share with you today, but before we begin, it is time for our Biz Women Wednesday series. Every single Wednesday before our main interview, we take a second to shine the light on an amazing woman who's a part of the Biz Women Rock community. And today that light goes on to Qualina Odom Royes, and she is the principal event planner at Event Essentials. She's had over 18 years in the event planning and meeting planning industry, and she is doing incredible work. So big congrats to you, girl. If you would like to learn more on how you can be featured for Biz Women Wednesday, just go to bizwomenrock.com. And now let's do it. So totally excited to bring my guest to you today. Her name is Kate Marie Grinnold Sigfusson. We're just going to call her Kate for sake of simplicity here. She has a company called Babies for Babies, which is an online store that sells really great baby products. Her signature product that she has launched with is a baby swaddle, um, which is, you know, blanketing and, you know, covering up your babies really tightly in the little swaddle, Um, really high quality. What makes her so unique is her business model, which is something that she calls a for-people, for-profit business model. And um, and it's really this buy one, give two, which means that you actually purchase the swaddle and then she equally will give a, a product to developing countries that will help a baby of that age as well. Um, just a very, very unique business model, really cool. Um, And we really go in deep about why that's so important, how she's done that, and how she's built this fairly new business alongside being a brand new mom. At the time of this recording, she had a (laughs) four-month-old. You're really going to love this story. It's a really fresh look on how you can actually have a business model that equally brings in profit and gives back and makes a larger impact to those who need it. So turn it up and let's get rolling. Kate, what's going on, girl? Thanks for being on the show. Hey, Katie. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited that we're here. This is our second go-round <laughs> at trying this interview because the first go-round, you were um, just had had your son, and literally, I think he was about a month old, and you, you poor thing, you were exhausted and had like baby brain and sleep deprivation brain, so you were like, can we please do this <laughs> Yeah, and the thing is... I don't think it's gotten any better. It's four <laughs> months now, and it, well, actually, we got on a really good a good track with sleep, and now apparently there's a four month sleep regression, which we're very much experiencing. So we're kind of back to that oh that gosh. same um, multiple wake up through the night schedule. But I don't know. I'm not going to say we have it under control, but it certainly is fun. I think that you know, my husband and I have adapted to being parents and we're just, we're loving it. And I thank you for having me on the show again. It's, oh, you're very it's really welcome. To talk to you. You're very welcome. This is, this is then the, uh, the final test though. I don't care how sleepy you are. We're going with this. <laughs> <laughs> it's rolling. All right. We're ready world. 
<laughs> well, so I I am so very, very excited to be able to present you and your business to all the listeners today because it's just such a cool one. And, um, and I'm really excited for you to tell the story because I think a lot of women, specifically a lot of new moms um, and moms who've been around a while, will really identify with what you're doing. Um, so can you give a little bit of a background before we really go into Babies for Babies? of what you were doing and what, what you were doing in your life that kind of prepared you to, to launch this company. Sure. Well, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat today. And before I launched Babies for Babies, I was primarily working in the nonprofit space to empower women and girls. And I just believe that marginalized women and girls are the largest um, untapped or undertapped resource in the world. They can do incredible things just given a little bit of empowerment and investment. And so I had spent a lot of time working with organizations empowering them. And I wanted to continue along that vein, but in the for-profit space, which is where Babies for Babies came out of. Um, and do you want me to launch into the business model now or well, should I stop there? Well, I guess what I really want to know is what, like, what was it? What was that thing that gave you this idea to even create this business? And then we'll go into exactly what it is. Yeah, so I was just trying to figure out next steps for my life. I wanted to keep playing in the space to empower women and girls, but I wanted to start out on my own. I wanted to be in the for-profit world, looking um, towards starting a family, wanting to add financial value to my family. And um, Babies for Babies is a, is a very simple model. It's called Buy One, Save Two. So for every product you buy, you're also purchasing two life-saving treatments for two babies in the developing world. And so um, the model was just kind of a natural culmination of me really wanted to wanting to continue the work I had done in the nonprofit space to empower women and girls and wanting to start a family and wanting to add financial value to my family, um, hence the, the for-profit model, but with a, with a for-people mission. Um, and it, it's been great so far. It's been um, just a, a roller coaster ride and a lot of fun. How did you even come up with that idea? Because I think, you know, that we're kind of in this movement of um, – like social impact entrepreneurialism. I know that there's a word yeah. for it that I can't think of right now, but <laughs> like social responsibility entrepreneurialism where, you know, we're not so heavy on creating the nonprofit, but we are heavy on creating a for-profit business that is focused on doing something that does give back from from the bottom up. So, you know, like what, how, how much did you know about that as far as like setting up that business model? Because that, that would, to me, seems like, okay, you have to really have a lot of forethought to be able to know from the get-go what that's going to look like. Well, so you're right. This this um, for people for profit business model is becoming really popular, and that's so exciting to see. I wanted to be a part of the movement, um, and the, what what I call it is retail philanthropy, and that's empowering customers to give back through the everyday purchases that add value to their lives. And when I started um, working on Babies for Babies just about 20 months ago, a lot hadn't been done with that particular type of model or initiative in the baby space. And, um, you know, there were a lot of reasons I wanted to work in the baby space. I didn't have any experience in this market or in manufacturing. Um, so I've, I've learned a lot about both of those things since. Um, but it is such a an interesting market at this time because with millennials who are particularly apt to want to do good through the purchases that add value to their lives or just change the world. We feel very empowered as change agents. They're, with millennials rising into parenthood, this is a really good time to, um, to to help them grow their young families with a set of values that include giving back through consumer behavior. So um, I don't know, all of those 
things around giving back and rising into parenthood, you know, that I talk about my market really wanting. That, that was, I was something I was personally experiencing as well. So I think with coming into this, um, this new kind of um, retail philanthropy space, um, I, it, it was something very natural for me because I am that demographic, if that makes sense. Yeah, that, you, you are your audience, basically. Yeah, exactly. So what, um, explain exactly what products that somebody would go to your site to get. Right. So we just launched with our signature product, the newborn swaddle, and I have several other products and different versions of that swaddle in the development pipeline. But what it is, is a really beautiful luxury swaddle blanket made with um, beautiful cotton muslin gauze that's finely woven and has a rounded skinny hem. So it's just very, very luxe and cozy and it's the blanket that you want to take your newborn photos in that you want to introduce your your first baby to their grandparents uh, for the first time and then it also has a lot of functionality beyond just swaddling um, which you do for just infants now my baby's four months old and um, those little burp cloths they just don't cut it I actually use a full <laughs> swaddle because he like projectiles no matter what I do so I kind of drape myself in these blankets it's awesome that I have I'm very fortunate to have so many of them that I keep pulling out of my stock room I have to be careful not to take too many that's awesome to cut into my profit margins but um, yeah we and you know you can use it as a nursing cover use it as a sunshade throw it down in the park for tummy time and really there are so many applications obviously it's a blanket but it is a very special blanket and that's why we're we started with the swaddle and are calling it our signature product but we're going to be releasing more products in the coming months and years and ultimately hope to pair each of our products um, with an age-appropriate life-saving treatment so if it is a product for a two-year-old we're going to try to pair it with a with a life-saving treatment something that would keep a two-year-old in the developing world healthy and thriving and then work our way up to age five and ultimately once you reach the age of five as a child anywhere in the world your chances of surviving into the into adulthood dramatically increase and that's working toward Millennium Development Goal um, 5 and so or excuse me Millennium Development Goal 4 I'm getting them mixed up one is maternal mortality and one is um, child mortality and they're along a continuum of care that Babies for Babies work towards. But anyway, we want to celebrate a lot more fifth birthdays about five years from now and my son will be turning five as well. So that's our overall mission and we're going to be developing the products um, from here on out. So what did it actually take for you to set up the relationships with or I'm assuming organizations in the developing worlds in order to now provide them with this product. Like what, what kind of like operations happen behind the scenes in order for this whole, you know, buy one, you know, give two thing to work? Yeah, so I, I establish um, partnerships with nonprofit agencies, both large and small, um, who are working in the developing world to help mothers keep their children healthy. And um, I'm actually, I'm really excited. I can't announce it just yet, unfortunately, but I've been working for a little while on a really exciting partnership with a nonprofit agency, and um, we're, we're going to be launching our first um, 
projects in the field really soon. And I just, I can't say any more than that because we haven't officially inked our partnership, but we're going to be rolling it out on the website. So listeners, um, probably by the time this airs can go to our website and check that out. But, um, you're right. It does take quite a lot of work on the back end, just making sure that we're partnering with nonprofits, um, that are very, are highly effective that are, that are, you know, really targeting the most needy populations and administering the the product that we purchased for them. It's called chlorhexidine and it's a very powerful antiseptic that you apply to the baby's navel after you cut the umbilical cord and it reduces the chance of them contracting an infection um, and ultimately perishing from neonatal sepsis by on a dramatic scale. And there's really an opportunity to save about a million lives a year for every mom in the world, in the developing world rather, to receive this powerful antiseptic. So we want to make sure that the agencies we work with are correctly able, you know, administering that that treatment and um, so you have to do quite a bit of due diligence and we've been really fortunate to um, we've, we've approached many nonprofit agencies and many have approached us and um, both large and small you know we're, we're starting to do distributions of this chlorhexidine and over the next year we'll be able to put more um, transparent information on our website because we'll be getting photos and stories from the field. And so um, that is something that takes up, you know, quite a bit of time and energy. And I have to figure out how to balance that because, of course, if I'm not making sales, then I'm not um, racking any donations. So uh, we, we need to keep that balance because I my tendency would to be to spend all of my time working with the nonprofits because it's what I'm so, so incredibly passionate about, but I have to remind myself to keep keep on the business track and keep sales coming in. Well, let's talk about that for a second. How? What are some of the most effective strategies that you've had to get people coming to your website and to actually purchase? Like, what are, what are some of those most effective marketing strategies? You know, um, word of mouth is so big with moms. You really first have to build a, a, a wonderful product. And then you need to get a key group of moms influencers to experience that product. And what has been so cool for me since launching officially in January is um, all the moms that then have, you know, they maybe received the product as a baby shower gift or we sent one out to them um, uh, while they were expecting their baby. And then they learned how to swaddle and they, they had probably, you know, five different brands of swaddles and we're not one of the big brands, but they realized a lot of them really quickly that our swaddle was the best. And I'm blushing as I'm saying this because <laughs> I don't want to like toot my own horn, but it really is just made of this incredible, incredible fabric where the stretch is built into the weave and not into the fiber of the fabric, which is so important when you're swaddling a baby because you have to, you have to swaddle them in a particular method, very, very tight to keep their little arms and legs bundled in so they feel like they're in the womb and can can sleep ultimately um, and if you're using a fabric that has the stretch built into the fiber there's a danger of um, bundling them a little bit too tight and constricting them or most of the time the babies just break out of those swaddles and so it's a big deal when you're a sleep deprived mom of a one month old for example <laughs> and the baby's like breaking out of their swaddle every half an hour so we had moms start coming back and giving 
really, you know, heartwarming testimonials or heartwarming for me, uh, testimonials saying that our swaddle was their favorite. And that also, of course, that they loved what the brand stood for. And they loved, you know, raising their baby from the very beginning with a set of values that included giving back and doing good in the world. Um, so word of mouth has been huge. Those moms have, you know, told their mom friends who are hopefully telling their mom friends. And, um, and that's, that's so, so cool to see. But then, What's been great for me as an entrepreneur of a startup with no traditional marketing or PR budget is how fast our social media following has grown, particularly Instagram. Instagram is our our bread and butter uh, social channel. So check us out there. We're at Babies for Babies with the number four. And what I started doing was just um, documenting our startup journey before we had even launched. And so by the time we launched, we had a significant number of followers who were really invested in what we were doing as a company and a brand and um, you know wanted to get involved by purchasing the products and sharing the news of our launch with their networks. So uh, Instagram, social media in general, has been really, really influential with getting the word out and bringing in sales for Babies for Babies. You know what I love about that, Kate, is that, you know, you're such a great example of how a company can truly tell a story through its marketing and the story of the purpose and the vision and the impact that the company wants actually has an impact on the bottom line. So it's not just, hey, go buy this little widget or go buy this little baby thing. It's, here's what we're all about and here's a story that we're going to share with you about it. And people are really connecting to that. Yeah, I hope so. And I, I really do want to empower people to learn more about what's going on in the developing world. We really take for granted that our babies are born in, in very clean and sterile environments most of the time in the, the U.S., for example, um, where that's not the case in most of the world. Most of the world, babies are not born in hospitals or even clinics. They're not um, being birthed in in. in safe and sanitized areas and that's why we 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 want to bring them into the I don't know how to say it we we just want to educate moms and dads about what they can do to help other moms and dads around the world and um so that's you know our, our greater mission and it's been it's been really exciting to run a for-profit brand that does that I love that um Oh, I just lost my train of thought. Now I'm having not mommy brain quite yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so I wanted to ask you, you know, a lot, you are a fairly new business. I mean, you were organizing this, you know, in late 2013, launched it in the beginning of, of 2014. What are, talk about like maybe the biggest low that you've had so far, you know, and, and what you've done to really get beyond that. There definitely have been some, some tough points in the last 20 months, some before we launched and some since. I'd say the biggest kind of crisis moment that I've had so far was before we soft launched at the end of November 2013. And by that, we just opened our website. A few family and friends knew we were live. I wanted to test all of our processes before we launched to the public. Um, but launching nonetheless, and I'd been working on our website for quite a long time, very excited about many things on there. And three days, I believe it was, before we launched our website, the the primary nonprofit partner that I had um, created a, a partnership with had to pull out of the partnership because they lost 
um, one of their largest funders on the project that we were going to be co-funding. And of course, oh, being no. a small company, we couldn't commit to funding the whole project because we didn't know what our sales would be and it was just too risky. So um, I spent the weekend just stripping the website of a lot of really fun, cool trans, you know, information that provided a lot of transparency into the, the mission of our brand um, to save newborn lives. So that was definitely a low. I, I mean, I definitely, I had a moment of panic where I was like, this is just ruining everything, you know, what, <laughs> what can you do? Um, we, we still soft launched, you know, everybody's arrived and we're still very much working with that organization, just waiting to find new projects to partner on in the future. And it, it was a good lesson to me that in, as an entrepreneur, you, that's like probably the, the least bad, like, crisis that's going to happen to me. You really have to have a thick skin. Um, you have to continue to move forward in spite of road bumps. And it was it was a good for me to learn early on. And I'd say um, probably since we've launched, we haven't, well, I'll, this is a, <laughs> I, I don't want to tell your listeners that I'm like a basket case and have too many <laughs> <laughs> but I will say uh, three days of you or something again, about three days before I gave birth to my son, I was in kind of over nesting mode and I went on to, I logged onto the back end of our website, which is built on WordPress and I am not a technical person. I, I, this was my big lesson and the lesson is to hire people um, who know what they're doing <laughs> to do a particular thing, like update your website. But I was in over nesting mode. I thought I can make a few updates to like, you know, just wording or add photos, take some photos down, just general updates that kind of didn't need to be done. But again, over nesting. I was nine days overdue. <laughs> so um, I broke my website. That was not great. It, it literally, like you couldn't, it looked terrible. It was all gobbledygook. Um, it, you couldn't purchase anything. Called my web developer in a panic. Um Girl, if I had a nickel for every time I've done that, good God, I'd be a oh, multi-millionaire. Makes, <laughs> makes me feel better because I, I mean, your listeners are going to think I'm totally bananas and like, what is this woman doing? No, a- um, I we, is, yeah, it's so <laughs> normal. Like I, you know, we we run our local um, entrepreneurs organization, and thank God I have an amazing web developer and graphic designer, and um, and like I'm pretty technical, so I can go in there and I don't write code, but I can read code, I can copy paste, I can make sense of it. So I've gone in there so many times and. And like, oh, I need to take care of this last second and I won't bother him. And then it completely like totally kills the site. And I'm like, oh, crap. Steve, yeah. can you please help? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I did. And um, luckily, I was able to get some help right away. And the site was back up before I gave birth. But my lesson in that was really that I can't do everything where I don't have a strong skill set. It, I need to go to somebody who does. And so for your listeners, if there are um, web developers, graphic designers, um, I, I am all ears right into our hello line at Babies for Babies because I'm always looking to work with talented people. And not that I discriminate, but in particular, I like to work with uh, working moms. Well, let's talk about that for a second. You are a working mom. You are a fairly new entrepreneur, very new mom. You know, how how do you balance being an entrepreneur of a brand new business and being a mom of a newborn? Like, how do you balance all of that? Actually, I shouldn't say balance. I don't believe in balance. How do you, ma- how do you manage that? I was going to say I don't. I don't think I balance it. Um, no, you know, I say I'm trying to find balance or I am. I'm trying to manage the, the two jobs of being a full-time mom and being a full-time business owner. And um, 
you know, I don't know the answer. I don't, I don't think I know the answer to that yet. It's, it's, it's not been easy. Um, there are moments where I just, I, I don't know where to go next because I have so many things on my plate. Um, but I am trying to innovate my work-life balance to, to do both. And I don't think it's possible to do both 100% at the same time, but trying to find like where to give and take. And um, I also think that there's a really important uh, discussion that needs to be have when we're talk had when we're talking about gender parity and women in the workforce. Um, we need to talk about that considering children. And I feel like we so often don't. We talk about mentoring women and empowering women and what women can do to advance their careers. And we leave kids out of the equation completely, which I'm now realizing is totally insane. Because if you are considering becoming a mother or you are a mother, just the toll that it takes on you. Um, and we need to be honest about, well, keeping both parents in the equation but let's be real, the burden of parenting, at least in the beginning years, is going to fall on the mother because the mother, if you're um, going to be having your own baby and not adopting, you have to carry the baby. And pregnancy while working is very challenging. If you're planning on breastfeeding, um, being a lactated mother while working is extremely challenging. And you're working through sleep deprivation and juggling a million things. The baby's always on your mind. Um, we really need to keep kids in the equation when we're talking about gender parity and working toward managing or finding this balance, whatever it is. Because I think so many very talented women are kind of being forced out of the workforce because they're like, I can't do it. It's too hard. Because it is too hard if you don't have a really, really strong support system, both at home and in the workplace. So I just feel very strongly about that. And I'd, I'd like to just, um, you know, challenge your listeners to to think about it. Um, mothers and, and non-mothers and fathers and non-fathers, just what can we do for new parents, but in particular new mothers, to keep them in the workforce, but in a very supportive way? Do you think that's part of the reason that you wanted to do an online business? Because I've heard that from other, I've heard that from other entrepreneurs before who, um, who have very successful online businesses, and that was one of the reasons that they started. Was you know I had every intention of continuing to work, but then my baby was born, and all of a sudden I fell in love, and there was no way I was going to leave that leave that baby. You know, um, you know. Do you do you consider it a huge, um, you know, like a good thing that you have this online business so that you you kind of have that freedom there? Very much so. Um, I I absolutely love being home with my baby while working and it's it's not always completely ideal it's hard to schedule phone calls um, I don't have traditional childcare and it's it's um, an affordability issue but it's also that I don't really I don't I want to raise my son and I, I don't I don't mean to sound um, like selfish or perhaps I'm just being very naive, but I, I truly think that perhaps with a little bit of help and I'm maybe going into a co-working space that has childcare a couple days a week will be helpful for me. Um, but I, I do want to raise my, my son and work. And the only way to do that right now is for me to do it from a home office. And um, so I, I, it definitely is, it was a very conscious choice I made when launching an e-commerce platform for a business. 
Now, how do you and your husband really um, coexist together? Like, does, is he part of your business? Um, is he kind of advising you on things? Is he, is he just like the shoulder to cry on? Like, what par- <laughs> what part does he play in your business? Um, so he, he's technically not um, a part of Babies for Babies. I, I think that when I founded it, I, he probably wanted to be a co-founder, and I just like <laughs> steamrolled and said, no, I'm the sole founder. I need this to be my own. But um, the truth of the matter is that he really is, you know, 50% of it. He is um, my confidant and advisor and probably, you know, de facto co-founder and uh, my CFO. He puts together all of my spreadsheets models and we've like really fancy models for <laughs> our, our um, products. But yeah, he's just such a such a, a system of support for me, uh, and I'm very very fortunate because he's also a wonderful father. He, I was at, I was abroad. I had to be abroad uh, a couple weeks ago for a week for a conference, and he took on 100% of uh, the child raising responsibilities. And I, I, I like to think that a lot of husbands would do that, but I kind of, I, I don't know if that's true. Um, I think that uh, having a supportive partner is just something I'm, I'm very fortunate to have. And I wish that for all working moms and, and non-working moms, of course, but he is definitely my rock. Kate, where, where do you really see this business going? Like, um, you know, you have so you're doing so much good, but there's still so much more potential. So where in your mind do you want to bring this business? Like what's the big impact? Yeah. So that my, my goal right now is it's a five-year plan. I'd like to scale up our product line to age five and pair each of those, as I said earlier, with a, a life-saving or health initiative for a child in the developing world. Um, but I think it's really important for me to be flexible. Um, I, I, I want to, of course, continue to grow. But if I, I you know, I'm, I'm not going to close myself off to partnerships with other brands or bringing on a co-founder or, um, you know, even being acquired by a larger brand as long as our mission were to stay intact. Um, so it, it's hard for me to say. I do have that 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 basic five-year goal and plan, I, like the fifth birthday party plan, I call it. Um, but... Every, we're just day by day right now. You know, we're just really figuring out how to get sales going, how to create more nonprofit partnerships on a daily basis. So I try not to plan too many steps ahead because it'll, you know, I know it's going to change anyway. Is there something that you've discovered over the course of this business so far that you really suck at? <laughs> because, <laughs> oh, besides the tech side? Yeah, besides the tech side. <laughs> because I think it's really important. I mean, over and over again, my guests have really always said in some way, shape, or form, I you I had to be clear on what I was great at and what I was not great at. So mm-hmm. what what have you discovered that is really your strength and what have you discovered that you're horrible at? <laughs> um let's see. I think you know definitely like a specific thing that I'm not good at and I learned that in in that breaking my website lesson is the tech side of things, you know, or even um anything that requires a ton of computer literacy. Of course, I, I am computer literate, but when we're talking about like creating a, an image in Photoshop or um, working on the back end of my website, that's just, it's not a skill set. And sometimes I can kind of like hack things together on Photoshop, but it takes me a tremendous amount of time and my time is very valuable right now. So really learning that those those 
like buckets of things, the actual like development of, of collateral materials or um, the website, th those are things that I am, I am not a professional at. And so I need to delegate those to um, freelancers or you know people that I work with. And then um, I think what I'm, what I'm most um, adept at is building strategy and then actually guerrilla marketing. Just um, I think that sharing my story on social media and being, you know, an authentic mom has it, it has made it so much easier for me to to market the brand and um, you know I'm experiencing new motherhood as these same moms that are using my products are and I'm um, I, it, it's a it's something that has I think really helped the brand in a, in a very true and authentic way I want to now move into our favorite five segment are you ready for this Yes. <laughs> okay, cool. So um, you know the drill. I'm going to ask you five questions about your five favorite things and you're going to answer for, with the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? okay? Okay. So the very first thing is, what is your favorite business tool? Instagram. Obviously. That's very good. You're doing a great <laughs> job on it. Um, how about your favorite book? So many favorite books, but I'll have to say Delivering Happiness is just one of the, the best and I, I keep reading and rereading by um, – uh, Tony Say, it's a great book. Tony Shea. Oh, the um, uh, Zappos guy, right? Yeah, the Zappos guy. Yeah. Yeah, great book. Um, what is your favorite mommy tool? Mm. Like anything around the house that, it, okay. it, in addition to your to your swaddles, obviously. In, like, yeah. what are what are some things that you really love? Like, you have to have this as a mommy. It's your favorite thing. All right. Well, my mommy must have. Beyond the Babies for Babies newborn swaddle, I'm going to say two things, very different. One is this app called Total Baby. You can record all of the baby's immunizations and feedings and sleeps. And for me, just being a working mom, it's very, it sounds terrible and it makes me sound like a terrible mom, but it's very easy to lose track of when I last fed my baby or when the baby last went down for a nap. So I record everything in this app called um, Total Baby. And then the second one is my, my hand pump. <laughs> I'm I'm nice. exclusively breastfeeding my baby, and that hand pump is critical, especially when I'm traveling for work. Um, you know, I was away for a conference, and I hand pumped every three hours for the entire trip, oh and uh, was able to keep my supply up so I could sufficiently you know, feed my baby when I returned. So that's if you're a nursing mom, and it's actually specifically the Medela hand pump. If there are any moms out there, that's I am not paid by Medela, but they should pay me because I speak so highly of their products. <laughs> um, okay, question number four is, what is your favorite place for date night? Or I shouldn't say place, but what is your favorite thing to do on date night, which I'm hoping that you and your husband do? <laughs> yeah, we're really trying to do date nights. I have to be honest that most of our date nights are involving or bringing along our baby. Um, but I love, I'm such a sucker for the, the summer concert series in Millennium Park in Chicago. Uh, you bring a blanket and a picnic and a bottle of wine and listen to the symphony. It's it's the best date night. Nice. And the last question, I've changed this up, actually. I was going to ask your favorite um, online resource, but you gave us the good app one. That's a, that's a great one. I'm going to ask you instead, what is your favorite way to spoil yourself since you're working so hard? <laughs> oh, gosh. My favorite way to spoil myself? Well, it, something that I, I, I wish I did more was go get myself a massage, but it's just a, a time constraint now and where do you what do you do with the baby so I think 
realistically what I'm doing to spoil myself every day is I go every morning at eight to a gym, my gym and they have a great little childcare um, room. And if I could nap or shower at the gym, that's what I would do, but they don't have a place <laughs> to nap or a shower. So I work out instead, which is great. I get my endorphins going and I'm feeling really strong and healthy. Um, but no matter how tired I am, I get the baby out of the house in the morning, eight o'clock. We, go into daycare and I go into the studio and for 45 minutes an hour I just do something for me and it's a great way to um, you know break up the day and to stay healthy so I, I don't know if I'd call it spoiling myself because I'm in the gym like dying and sweating and um, I would rather nap but I think it's as close as I'm going to get right now. I think that's good. I think that's very, very good. <laughs> uh, well, Kate, I really want to thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story and for giving us such great information. I, I really appreciate it. No, thank you so much for having me. It's been quite a pleasure. Kate definitely did not have new baby brain during that conversation. She was totally with it and very, very fun to talk to. And I uh, hope you got something really great out of that. You can go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash 101 and you will find all of the show notes there that will include all of her five favorite things, which were some really cool things, as well as some really cool quotes that she said that I think are just so impactful for us all. Thank you so much for being here today. I can't wait to see you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.